Hello, Sun Devil fans and supporters. Thank you for joining us on the third week of the Devils in Detail podcast. We hope you all enjoyed your three-day weekend and that extra time with family and friends. I know we did. I'm your host, Trevor Booth, joined alongside Bo Wilkinson. And Bo, how does it feel to get this week started on a Tuesday and not a Monday? I think it feels good. I think we need to do this more often. I agree. Get those three-day weekends in, get a little bit of rest, and get going. But we're going to bring it back right now. We're going to take a look back at last week before we reach the holiday, Arizona State Pass basketball had its most crucial week of the Pac-12 season, and they capped it off Saturday with a 78-64 win over Oregon. Again, as we mentioned, the first sweep of the Pac-12 season, their first since last year. They used a 19-0 run in the second half to pull away. Bo, there were lots of dunks, Mm -hmm. three-pointers, and a lot of excitement. Maybe the best this team has played since the non-conference season, and that's what I'm going to ask you. Is this the best stretch that we've seen the team play this year? Well, I don't know. That 19-0 run, might not be just the best we've seen this year, but in the whole Bobby Hurley era. That 19-0 run was definitely the best basketball I've seen in Tempe since I've been here. And I don't know, what do you think about it? It was really impressive to me. It absolutely was. And the thing that stood out to me there was the control that the team played with on defense Mm -hmm. and offense. They were trying to rush Oregon and control the game and make them rush so they could get out and transition and find open opportunities. We saw Remy Martin attack the gaps a lot and create opportunities for Zylan Cheatham to get that N1 dunk and Mm -hmm. for him to get Kenny Wooten out of position and then pick up that goaltend. It was just a really great stretch of basketball, and the team seemed to enjoy it too. And that was one of the most welcoming sights is that they were indulging in each other's success, and that's something that they've been looking for and trying to just break out of that individuality, mm-hmm. and we finally saw that. And that's the loudest the bank has been. It might have been louder than Kansas even during that 19-0 run. Yeah. I know that uh, that we weren't there, but from what I've heard, it was really impressive, and, and I think the fans are going to continue to show up for this team Um they're a fun team to watch. They're not going to shoot 53s a game, but dunks like that are going to keep people coming back. Right, and if they put on performances like that mm-hmm. and they're showing this is the best start 4-2 and two in Coach Hurley's era, I mean, it's only going to bring people back, especially that they've seen them pick up wins like Kansas, and now they're starting to find a groove. It can get frustrating, but the people are really starting to show, mm-hmm. and that's also a welcoming sight. So speaking of that 19-0 run, they kept the same lineup throughout, and Coach Hurley has mentioned that this team has eight starters on the team. So it doesn't really matter who's in the starting lineup, but now for three straight games, we've seen the same starting lineup. Uh, when you look at Remy Martin, Lou Dort, Rob Edwards, T- uh, Zylan Cheatham, and Ramella White. And so that group's been in, but they've had a lot of um, production off the bench from Tayshawn Cherry. He's made nine of his 15 last three-pointers. And teams have often left zone defense. Oregon left their, their zone defense on Saturday after ASU was succeeding against mm-hmm. it. So do you think this is the lineup that, that needs to go forward, is just starting with that small lineup and then leading in with those guys off the bench? Well, if it's not broke, don't fix it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think if they're going to keep playing this well, you got to leave it. But one thing that's interesting about this team is if there's eight guys that can start, that sometimes could be an issue where guys are saying, I'm good enough, I should be starting. But what's cool about these guys, they don't care who's starting. They know that they're all going to get their minutes, and they just want to win. So if Doris has to come off the bench, he's fine with that. If Remy comes off the bench, he's fine with that. And that's kind of a rare thing to see. So it's kind of cool to see them be able to balance that out and do what's best for this team. And a lot of that will come with setting rotation and mm-hmm. setting, okay, these are the eight guys I'm going to play. And if they get in at different moments, that, that's going to create a lot more comfort and for mm-hmm. the team to kind of adapt and grow into those roles. And th- I think that's something we saw in both of the games last week is as teams kind of, they, they kind of uh, adjusted a lot better on defense. 
Um, they were able to get out an offense and create and move the ball a lot more. They assisted over 60% of their, um, or excuse me, in four of the last five games, ASU's has assisted on 60% um, of their made field goals. So that's something that comes along with that comfort. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll go back a little bit to that Oregon State game. It was the first one of the week. ASU won 70-67. to They held the Beavers to 22 points in the first half, had an 18-point lead in the second half, but then it came down close to the end. Oregon State cut it to one. So, Bo, what do you think was able to be taken away from that game to kind of get things going in the week? Well, it kind of worried me that they let that lead slip away, and that's kind of something they've struggled with a little bit. But then right away against Oregon, they made up for that, and they got that lead, and they held it. So they showed that they are a team that can hold that lead if they get it. Because that's one thing that Remy talked about after the game on Oregon State is that that's not who they are. They don't give up leads, and they, they know that that's not who they are. But they wanted to show other people that's not who they are, and they did just that against Oregon. So I think that was probably the biggest takeaway from Oregon State, even though it kind of wasn't. It was more from the Oregon game. It still was what I noticed. And there were opportunities in the past. You look at the Utah game where ASU mm -hmm. had big leads yeah. like that and ended up blowing it. So the ability to kind of hang on and able to hang tough and create some of those defensive stops down the stretch was really important, especially because you're going to have games like that where teams are going to fight back. Basketball is a game yeah. of runs is what yeah. they say. And just the ability to come out on top of that there was huge. So with that, as I mentioned earlier, ASU is now 4-2, and two, which is third in the Pac-12. It's the best start in Coach Hurley's era at Arizona State. And we'll go ahead and take a look at the Pac-12 standings right now. Washington is number one. They're 5-0. and mm -hmm. U of A right behind them. And as we mentioned, ASU and then USC and UCLA trailing them. So it is early. We're about a one-third of the way into the conference season. But do you see anybody that's kind of starting to separate themselves? Is it the, those three teams at the top? Or do you think there's a couple of trips that are maybe going to decide how that's going to shape up? Well, I think it's those three at the top for sure. But how those three are going to finish, I don't think anyone has any idea. Washington's obviously 6-0, and but I don't see them staying that way. They're, I don't think they're leaps and bounds better than either of the Arizona schools. Um, like you said, Arizona's 5-1, and one, but they, they struggled this past week against the Oregon schools. They split, and ASU swept so it's really so unpredictable in this conference is as soon as you think you know something they go and prove that that's not what, what's really happening right and you're going to hear a little bit more from us with our Pac-12 power rankings come out yep. tomorrow but when I was doing research on Washington this week the teams they beat have been in the lower end of the conference and in the yeah. next couple of weeks they're going to play teams ranked from two through eight so maybe they've necessarily not had the greatest stretch in terms of competition to start the league. Arizona, Emmanuel Acott transferred, and even though he didn't get a lot of time for them, he was another piece in the front court that they used defensively for his length and his athleticism. So that's definitely a hit mm -hmm. to their depth. So I'm, it really it goes back to it, Bull Bull's injury. There's a couple other things that have been playing out. It's really shaping up to be ASU's conference to win if they want it. Yeah, I think all three of these teams control their own destiny. If it's that that Arizona and uh, Arizona State game is going to be huge. I think I like you said Washington's played a lot of those lower teams in the standings, and I think that they're probably going to fall back a little bit. But I honestly think that whoever wins that series out of Arizona Arizona State probably wins the conference. It's going to be it's going to be huge, and two of those games for ASU against uh, Arizona and Washington mm -hmm. are going to come in the next three weeks. So the challenges are really starting to come. And this is a stretch that we've talked about a little bit where ASU can really go on the run that they wanted to here. Mm -hmm. If they get the first road sweep here against the L.A. schools, they come in and they beat U of A and then maybe take care of the Washington schools, that starts to give them a little bit of an edge if they want it. So 
things weren't looking good early with that two and two start, but now things are really starting to open up and here's another opportunity for them. Yeah, this is a huge stretch for them and it looks like they're playing their best basketball of the season heading into that and that's exactly what you want to see if you're Coach Hurley because the kind of the opposite happened last year and it looked like that was maybe going to happen again this year, but they showed that they were able to, to flip the switch on that and I think that was big. What do you think was the, the biggest turning point in this whole turnaround for them? Uh, it has to be just the past couple weeks and maybe enduring some of those challenges. Mm -hmm. And we talked before the season, and maybe we got a little impatient with it, is this team is built better for Pac-12 play because they're maybe not coming together yet, but they had the capability once they do come together and with how they play basketball, that's going to create a better opportunity for them to do what they do in the Pac-12 season. Mm -hmm. And now we saw a couple injuries at the beginning of the year with Remy and Rob Edwards, they weren't there, and then Mickey Mitchell's been out. We don't know when he's going to come back, but those were guys that were key pieces of the rotation, and now that things are starting to get solidified and it's not inconsistency with who's starting and who's not, that, that's really helpful too. Mm -hmm. And just an emphasis on sharing the basketball and playing with each other and indulging in team success, like I mentioned earlier. Guys are constantly spread. Like it, the, the Pac-12 is always going to be, it looks yeah. like a 2-3 zone conference this yeah. year but the team is starting to really move the ball well, and that creates better opportunities in deep for defense because then you can play in the half court, you don't have to play in a full court affair, and then you can impose your will on the other team. So I think that a lot of it has come from there, and that's kind of what's created this, this little stretch and something that they can maybe continue going into this week. Mm -hmm. And I agree. So looking forward to this week now, they've got, they've got UCLA up first on Thursday. What do you think we're going to see from this team, from, from UCLA? Um, how do they match up with ASU? Right. Well, when I think of UCLA, I think talent. You mm -hmm. look at some of these five stars that they have. Chris Wilkes, Jalen Hands is one of the top point guards in his class when he was coming out. And then Moses Brown this year and Prince Ali. They just, they're they're really, loaded with talent. They absolutely like are. And it's a team that under um, Steve Alford that they could just never really tap into that mm -hmm. talent. And they're, they're, they had a little bit of a good start to Pac-12 play. I think they won their first two games and they've gone one and two since. So it's a little bit of inconsistency there, but they're starting to play harder under their new coach, and they seem to like it better, and the team just has shown more activity. I watched the Oregon game, and when they were down in that game, it looked like, and then they made that huge comeback in the end. That's mm -hmm. something that the team would not have done under Alford, I feel like. And so yeah. it, it obviously starts with Chris Wilkes averaging 17 a game. He's their main scorer. Jalen Hands has become a better facilitator of late. And Moses Brown, that's going to be a huge matchup for Romello White and those guys inside to kind of negate him and what he can do as a double-double threat. Oh, yeah, White's going to have his hands full this whole weekend. Right, Nick Rakosevic on yeah. Saturday. He won Pac-12 Player of the Week this week. So a lot of big challenges, and it, it just goes to show it, none of these games are going to be easy, especially well, this no. road trip. And I don't think ASU has shown us anything that proves that they can play on the road yet. Right, and, and if they split you know, the California and Stanford week, this is just going to be that much harder. Yeah. And it's it's going to be important that you don't get too high after the wins they got at the Oregon games. That you, you just got to continue to ride that wave. Yeah, like Remy Martin says, never too high, never too low. Right. Right. That'll be the key. So, especially against the UCLA team, I think they're going to try to get out and run a lot, which is something ASU has struggled with. If they get sped up on offense and taking bad shots, that's something UCLA is going to take advantage of. So I think it'll come down to playing a half-court game, mm -hmm. picking your spots in transition when you can, and then just playing through each other. That's the huge thing as well. Mm -hmm. And so what do you think about USC? USC. That's, that's going to be a – I think that one's definitely going to be a tougher game 
for Arizona State? You think so? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I I, I like a lot Rakosovic and Benny Boatwright can do. Mm -hmm. Benny Boatwright came in as one of the Pac-12 Player of the Year candidates. If he didn't get injured last year, he might be in the NBA this year. He he might have went out and left USC. So him being back for them is huge. They have those two guys that can score, but they don't have as much depth. So that's the only thing that I see with USC because Kevin Porter's been out with the suspension. And then some of their other guys just haven't contributed as much. Mm-hmm. Jordan Usher transferring. So this team doesn't have a lot of depth. And with that, as we mentioned, Romello White's going to have to have a huge game here. Go at Rakosovic and try to get him out of the game and kind of just wear down USC over time. Mm-hmm. That's a game that might be close, and then you might have to break it open after that. So what do you think are a few keys for this team to pick up the first sweep, the first road sweep in the Bobby Hurley era? It, it's gonna. It, basically, it, this sounds easy enough, but it's gonna have to be what they've been doing, and that's sharing the basketball, getting out in transition, picking their spots, and playing collective defense, and mm-hmm. trying to keep teams out on the perimeter. If they can keep teams out on the perimeter and play through their guards and work them late in the shot clock, that's what's going to create those opportunities out in the open floor. And then obviously the shooting has to be yeah. a huge part, yeah. Because Rob Edwards and Tayshawn Cherry have been huge spacing the floor and giving teams an oppor- giving ASU an opportunity to go R- Romello White in the post to get Zylan Cheatham to get some of that um, ball side action where everyone else just kind of clears out and lets him go do his thing. So that's opportunities that I see there. Do you see anything else? No, I think you you hit it right on the head. Um, this team has shown that when their shots are falling, they're one of the most dangerous teams in the country. Even as they beat Kansas, but. So if they can just keep their shots falling, I think I think Dort's gonna have a bounce back here sooner or later. He's been down, he's been a little slow for the past couple of weeks, but I think if he can resurge and they can keep this shooting going, that they should easily handle both these teams. And and but that's even, an if if they can. Right. Like, that's not an easy if. And that's another thing. He hasn't been playing well, and they've yeah, been starting to exactly. figure out their strides. So if they get him back and they mm-hmm. get him contributing to those double figures numbers that everyone's posting, that's just another added element as well. Mm-hmm. So Bo, I'm going to ask you. We're looking at it. They haven't had the road sweep since 2010. It didn't happen against California. What are your predictions for this week and how they do against UCLA and USC? You know, it's, it's tough. I think both these games are going to be very very close the entire time but I'm gonna say they get it done I didn't didn't feel that way earlier but for some reason now I think they're gonna get it done their shots are gonna fall Hurley's gonna have them ready to play they're gonna ride the momentum from Oregon into UCLA and then pick up that win then ride the momentum from that again into USC and I think they come away 2-0 yeah uh, what about you? That. Yeah, for me, it, it's tough because I know USC beat UCLA last week, but I mm-hmm. think UCLA is the more talented team here. And Thursday, with that being a 9 o'clock tip, you're you're out of town. You're, uh, you have to get ready to play that late game, which is something they did against Nevada, and they came out strong in that game. Mm-hmm. But that's going to be a really tough start, and UCLA has that talent, like I mentioned earlier. I'm going to say it's another split. I, I think really? They, I, and I, that's weird. I think they dropped the first one to UCLA in a close one, but I think they come back and play with fire against USC and take that one. Just because they have limited depth, I think that's a better matchup for them against USC, against UCLA team, like I said, that just has talent that they can tap into at will. I mean, there's no result 0-2, 1-1, or 2-0 that would surprise me from mm-hmm. this weekend. I think all three of those are very possible options. Right, and it just depends which team is going to yep. show up. Because exactly. if, you, if you gave the team against Oregon, I would absolutely say this team's going to go on a huge run leading into that last series of the season up to when they play Arizona. Yeah, then you get the Princeton team. Right, and then you get the Princeton team or the Utah team. Mm-hmm. You, you don't Second know. Second half Utah team. So, right, so yeah. you just you never know. 
So thanks, Bo, for joining me. Yep, anytime. Yep, it was another great week of our Devils in Detail podcast. Thank you all for listening. Arizona State will play UCLA at 9 p.m. on Thursday and then USC at 6 on Saturday. We'll see if they can get up, pick up that road sweep. But that's us. That's it for now. For Bo Wilkinson, I'm Trevor Booth. Thank you for listening to the third week of the Devils in Detail podcast.